The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining us, whether it's live or on demand. We love you, our listeners, and want to support you and everyone who embrace the notion that although you may be members by birth of the baby boom generation or Gen X or Gen Y, that you can choose to be members of Generation Regeneration or Gen R by the daily choices you make to regenerate your body, mind, spirit, lifestyle, and career. And one thing we all like to do is regenerate our home and work life by focusing more on the quality of our relationships. And my co-host, Noam Kastuki, and I are going to discuss just that today with our guest, Dave Kirpin. You all know Noam as an accomplished business coach and my partner in the Abundance Cubed coaching program on Gen R Radio. And he'll be joining us in the final two segments. And for now, we're going to get started with Dave. And if you don't already know Dave Kirpin, that it's time that you did. Dave is an entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author. He's the founder and CEO of Likeable Local, a social media software company, and the chairman and co-founder of Likeable Media, an award-winning content marketing firm for brands. He's among the most popular writers on LinkedIn's influencer program, is one of the most read contributors for Inc.com, and has been featured by CNBC, BBC, ABC World News Tonight, CBS's The Early Show, The New York Times, and more. Dave has keynote conferences and webinars across the globe, and his most recent book is The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything That You Want, and we're going to discuss that today. Welcome to the show, Dave. It's such a great pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Now, you've written other very successful books, such as Likeable Social Media and Likeable Business. So what was your objective with The Art of People? So with, uh, with Likeable Social Media, I, I, I wrote the blueprint for building a social media presence um, for businesses. And as I was uh, speaking uh, about the book all over the world, and unfortunately for me, the book has been extremely successful. I think it's the best-selling book uh, of all time in, in the social media space. But anyway, as I was speaking, I realized that the concepts that I was talking about for best practices in social media and in business, concepts like listening, gratitude, responsiveness, transparency, authenticity, these weren't just concepts that applied to social media or even business. These were concepts that applied to life. And I wrote The Art of People because I believe that um, people skills, and doing a lot of the things that I've written about, frankly, in other contexts, um, are, are the single most important key to getting what you want out of life, whether it be your career or relationships at home. Really, no matter what, if you want to get things, you're probably going to have to get them from people. And uh, therefore, you're going to have to work on your people skills. And, and that's really what The Art of People is all about. Right. And so would you say that the ideas in this book have been percolating in your mind for a number of years then, and you just now pulled it all together? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the book is really a, um, a, a compilation of everything I've learned uh, in my life so far from uh, my experiences and from meeting some of the most successful people in the world and learning from them, and um, I wanted to share, share those experiences and those lessons uh, with, with as many people as possible. And so, um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a much broader book than my previous books, but so far it's just been out for a couple of weeks, and I'm really thrilled with, 
with the feedback, it's um, it's been really um, uh, amazing. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I found that not only were there a lot of lessons in there, but it was also just a fun read because you put in so many personal anecdotes. So I, yeah. I'd say, it's, yeah, as far as a, a self-help type book, it was just fun to dive into. And I learned a lot. And well, thank you. You know, the, uh, the, the original um, book uh, that I wrote, that I read, rather, that changed my life was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's a wonderful, wonderful book by Dale Carnegie. But the book was written over 100 years ago, uh, or nearly 100 years ago now. And, and uh, you know, things have changed a little bit in, in, in the field of communications um, in the last 100 years. So I thought, yes. you know, now would be a good time to kind of put these ideas out there. Yes, absolutely. And you make a great point in the first chapter about the importance of understanding yourself on a deep level in order to effectively understand and influence others. And you really like the Enneagram assessment as opposed to other tests like Myers-Briggs. So what did this test teach you about yourself that you didn't know before from other personality tests that you've taken? How did it help you? Yeah, so Myers-Briggs is a, is a good test, but, you know, it, it's been proven to not be that reliable. If you take it once um, and take it again a few years later, it, it's, um, you'll get different results. And I, don't, I think that's a big problem. I mean, the, the fact that, you know, you get different results on something so fundamental as your personality tells me that there's, there's some flaws in the test. But the thing is Myers-Briggs and DISC and other personality tests have, have – uh, uh, big companies that are, are, um, are promoting them and marketing them, whereas the Enneagram is a centuries-old uh, assessment that is uh, in the public domain, so nobody owns it, and it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, test. And um, I, I met uh, the group down in Miami that uh, I thought it was going to be a horrible waste of my time, and I found it to be just unbelievably enlightening. And so, yeah, there, with the Enneagram, there are nine different personality uh, types, uh, that we all fall that we all uh, fall under, and uh, I happen to be a type three, which means I'm driven to achieve and driven to be outstanding. And um, you know, I think I knew a lot of the those, and those things about me, but I I didn't I hadn't thought of all the pitfalls uh, that come with being a three. Like you know, I I can't say no. I really struggle with saying no to things, and sometimes I'm a little too concerned with my self image and not with you know with with what I'm really doing. And so by learning what the pitfalls are of your personality type, you can avoid them and, 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 and tell yourself a better, you know, you, you use, use the risks to uh, figure out how you can, um, you know, create a new story and, um, and, and improve yourself. Mm. And the thing is, you know, if you want to influence others, you have to understand them. And if you want to understand others, you have to understand yourself first. And too many of us kind of jump right into the, you know, trying to get what we want from people without really looking inward and, and figuring ourselves out first. Yes. One thing that we talk about on this show quite a lot is looking inwardly because quite often what you want to get from others isn't a function of what they're doing or necessarily their fault if you're not getting what you want. It may be something that you're doing uh, that's that's not allowing you to get what you want. And that's really the point of your whole book here. Um, so how did this understanding about yourself allow you to also communicate better with others? Like, can you sort of sense what personality types others might be and communicate with them accordingly? Totally. So, you know, for instance, at our, uh, we have, we have two companies and, um, about a hundred people that work for us and we've administered the test to the Enneagram to everyone. So, you know, now I, I know, um, what all of my, uh, what all of my staff, uh, are. Um, and absolutely we, uh, my managers and, and, and I use, um, that to better communicate with people so in terms of motivating them, understanding what's going to motivate them, understanding what they're you know, going to be all about. And, and it's pretty amazing. I mean, it really, it really works. Now, obviously, people that I meet uh, day to day, I don't, I don't know their Enneagram number when I meet them, but certainly I, I have my suspicions and I'm getting better uh, <laughs> at, uh, at better at, at, at understanding that. But you do have to be very careful because, um, you know, if someone hasn't taken the test, 
you know you can't just treat them one way because you think they're right. a certain a certain way. You really have to um, treat each person as an individual, obviously. And and a lot of what I write about too in the art of people is is, is really really listening and paying attention to what that other person is saying and how they're saying it. Um, and that, 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 that's important no matter what somebody's Enneagram is, obviously. Correct. Yes, and we're going to get into listening in the next segment. We're really going to focus on that because of how much you emphasized it. Um, now, I had a guest on the show a couple of months ago, actually a holistic veterinarian named Dr. Dennis Thomas, and he wrote a wonderful book which was published by Hay House called Whole Pet Healing. And he gave a great description of holism. He described it as working with both the left and right parts of your brain. In other words, not sacrificing your innate intuition and empathy for logic and reason, because both are equally important, even though it seems that logic and reason have become really elevated in our society. So would you say that the art of people then is learning to think holistically, using your whole brain beyond just the response, those parts responsible for logic and reason? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the the whole idea of an art of anything is that um, it, it, it's hard to boil things down to hard and fast scientific principles, and that's really, I guess, where you think more about logic and reason. Um, so, uh, given that challenge, you, we still have to go out every day and get what we want, and meet with people, and build our businesses, and build our lives, and live our lives. And so, um, what I tried to do was um, give people a, at least a you know, a blueprint of things to think about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think about it exactly the, the way you described it, but certainly, um, you know, being holistic in your approach makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, okay. And also another thing I've heard referred to recently is just emotional intelligence, which is something outside of IQ. And so it seems like also getting into any art, like the art of people, is also a sign of, say, emotional intelligence. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally, totally. My, my, my wife, uh, who is the person um, that has probably taught me the most uh, in terms of people skills, and of course I reference her quite a bit in, in the book, it, she has a, a uh, off-the-charts uh, EQ, and I've been very blessed and occasionally cursed because she knows, you know, mm. what I'm thinking and feeling before I do, usually. But um, uh been very blessed to have <laughs> been exposed to that and learned quite a bit from her. And, yeah, I mean, understanding people, being able to connect with them, that is very, very much an emotional intelligence uh, uh, asset. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for this introduction to The Art of People. And let's get ready now for a break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And I'm talking to Dave Kirpin, successful entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, and author of recent book, The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything That You Want. And next, we're going to talk about something that we just touched upon in this segment, the importance of active listening. And then Noah will join us in the third and fourth segments. So stay close and we'll see you soon with more great stuff from our special guest. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting. Some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and Gnomes Kastubi is going to join in just a moment. And right now, I'm talking to Dave Kirpin, successful entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, and author of recently released The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything That You Want. Now, Dave, one of the skills that you emphasize in several places in your book is the skill of active listening. You say on page 26 that the secret to getting people to adore you is to shut up and listen. And then on page 56, you say, in fact, I would go so far as to say that if there's one people skill that you should take away from this book, it should be listening. So pretty important. Can you explain what you mean by active listening and why it's so important? Hold on, I, I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. Let me uh, give me a minute. No, just kidding. So <laughs> I, I really believe I really believe that um, that listening is the single most uh, underrated and, and important skill in business and in life. And you know, I think we all, even the best listeners amongst us, could become better at listening. And you know, I think most of us aren't as good at listening as we think. And for, as an example, um. Most of us, or many of us, uh, aren't really listening when we're in a conversation. Certainly in the business setting, we are waiting to talk. And there's a huge difference between listening and waiting to talk. If you're waiting to talk, you can't, you're thinking of what you're going to say, you're planning it. Um, you can't possibly be really actively listening. When you're actively listening, it's the only thing that you're focused on. You are making a great eye contact if it's face-to-face. You are uh, in the zone, and the, the the analogy that I use in the book is, you know, when, for anyone out there that has kids, when your kids are watching TV, you they're so focused in on the TV screen that you could like put your hands right in front of their face, and they're just like not blinking, and that's what I mean when I'm talking about active listening, really being just completely 100% devoted to the person that you're talking to, and the person that you're listening to and focus exactly on what he or she is saying and how he or she is saying it. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a challenging skill, but, but if you can get that down, um, it, it's going to be very, very valuable in, in building relationships. Yes, and you refer to what children do with their watching TV as the achiever listening position. Can you just elaborate on what that is for just another moment? You, you mentioned it, but what, what are they really doing? Sure. I mean, I, I learned that, just, just, just to give it some context, I learned that from the Bell Leadership Institute, which is a, a terrific group. Um, I think they're out of North Carolina. They're out of the South. And um, attended a workshop there uh, on listening and uh, learned, learned quite a bit about listening. And, yeah, it's just there, there's a, there's a, a position to be in that they call the achiever listening position where your, your body is a little bit out of your, out of your chair a little bit, facing forward, not fidgeting, arms at your sides, and then, you know, eyes straight ahead making that uh, eye contact. And that's your, that's your achiever position, listening position. That's where you are set up to uh, be the best possible listener. Yes. 
And you mentioned the Bell Leadership Institute. And also, you put a quote in the book by Dr. Gerald D. Bell, the founder of this institute and a professor at UNC. And he said, when you listen to people, they feel valued, respected, happy, and productive. They feel more motivated, inspired, and eager to solve problems and produce good results. And when you don't listen to people, they feel hurt, rejected, demeaned, disrespected, and demotivated. And when I read that, it really resonated with me because I just couldn't agree with that more. I know I've been in situations, as I'm sure many people have, where you're talking to someone who, like you said, their main objective seems to be listening just long enough to interject what they have to say, and often at great length. And after leaving such a conversation, I know I feel like my thoughts weren't appreciated or valued at all. And I wouldn't be really inclined to seek out a deeper relationship with that person or ask them for help or maybe even go out of my way to provide them help if they asked for it because I I would feel more like I was being used. So relating to others like that really is doing yourself a disservice in a big way. So if someone's wondering if they're a bad listener or not, how would you suggest they figure it out and then work on becoming a better listener? Yeah, uh, great question. You know, before I answer that, let me say that the, uh, the, the, the challenge is that we all have ideas that we want to put out into the world, and we're all super excited and, you know, passionate about those ideas. And so this is really kind of counterintuitive, because what I'm saying is, um, despite the ideas you want to put out into the world, shut up and, listen <laughs> and, and, and just have faith that you'll have an opportunity to put those ideas out into the world. And it, like I said, it's very counterintuitive, but, um, but it really does work. So to, to answer your question, you know, you've got to um, do an honest assessment, you know, talk to people that you trust, ask people that you trust, and then you can actually record um, Vern Harnish, the founder of Entrepreneurs Organization, and one of my mentors and uh, investors, he, he said to me, look, you know, you can actually record the amount of time, take a stopwatch into a meeting and, and hit, hit, have, have their stopwatch going every time you're talking and record how much time you spend in a 30-minute meeting listening versus talking. Um, and then you can go back and you have a baseline and try to get better at, better at it. And, you know, you really can use metrics to figure out how, how good of a listener you are, how much, literally how much time you're spending listening versus talking, and really make sure that uh, the ratio is something that you're comfortable with. That's a really good suggestion. Yeah, I like that a lot. And we're just about halfway through this segment, and so I just want to bring up one more of the skills that you mention in the book, and that is one of the most important questions that you can ask someone, which is, how can I help you? Can you elaborate on that for a couple of minutes? Sure. So I told a story in the book about a guy by the name of Michael Kislin. And I, I'm, as, a, as a, uh, an entrepreneur, you know, with, with um, you know, decent enough I, amount of success, I, I get hit up pretty much every day by commercial real estate salespeople, by financial uh, planners, insurance salespeople, um, and, and other salespeople all day long. And I think many of us understand that. We get hit up all the time. And so I tell them, most of them know, but, you know, this guy said to me, you know, I just want 15 minutes of your time, and I promise I won't sell you anything, and I just have one question for you. And he kind of, that got my attention. So I said, you know what, fine, I'll give you the 15 minutes, come on in. So he came in, and, you know, he basically said, um, I don't know the answer to this question, but my goal in this 15 minutes is to find out the answer to the following question. He said, how can I help you? Mm. And I said, well, I don't know. What are you going to, are you going to try to sell me something? They said, no, no, forget about what I do for a living. Just literally tell me how I can help you right now in your business, in your life. Is there anything going on that I can help you with? Maybe I can make an introduction for you. But I said, all right, you know, I'll tell you what, that gives me an idea. Um, I'm, I'm fundraising right now for our, our, our company, and I would love an introduction to a VC, a venture capitalist, if you know any, here in New York. And he said, you know what, I do know a few. I'll make a couple intros for you. I said, well, thank you so much, and, and, you know, tell me what's your sales pitch. He said, you know what, no, that's not why I came in, and uh, I'm not going to even go there, but uh, let me work on these intros and, and get back to you. So, uh, lo and behold, he made the intros, mm-hmm. and um, I was just so moved by that that a couple months later, I 
you know, I did have a need for a financial planner, and I called him up, and I said, you know what, I, I would love to do business with you. Um, and, you know, since then, I've done not only some business with him, but I've referred a whole bunch of, of, of other people to him. And so, you know, he earned my business not by selling me at all, but by, by asking me how he could help me and by really meaning it um, and following through with it. And, and I think that, you know, we can all say the word, how can I help you, but can we really mean it? Can we be authentic? And can we go out there and actually, actually provide that help with no strings attached? When we can do that, then the results are, 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 are dramatic. Yes, and I think one important word that you put in there, it has to do with this question, and it also has to do with the listening, is authentic. Is you have to be authentic about it, uh, because people will probably sense if you're not so that, that's a great point, too, um, the authenticity of, of what you're doing. Well, on that note, Dave, I'd like to thank you so much for stopping by today. We just scratched the surface of the art of people, 11 simple people skills that will get you everything that you want, as we covered just three, self-awareness, actively, authentically listening to others, and an important question that you can ask in any relationship, which is, how can I help you? But there's so much more in the art of people that would be useful to just about everyone who wants to focus on deepening personal and professional relationships and getting more of what they want out of life. So thank you again, Dave, for joining us and have a great day. Thanks so much. You have a fantastic and likable day yourself. Thank you. And that brings us to our next break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And I just talked to Dave Kirpin, successful entrepreneur and New York Times bestselling author, about his recent book, The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything That You Want. Dave now is going to depart, and Noam and I are going to continue talking about the importance of interpersonal relationships. See you on the flip side with more awesome sauce. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Introducing the Abundance Cubed coaching program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Malhotra and creator of Masterpieces Noam Kostuki are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back to Generation Regeneration. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra. And No Kasuki and I, we just talked to Dave Kirpin, successful entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, and author of recently released The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything You Want in the first two segments. Now, Dave had to go, so Noam and I are now going to continue the discussion. So, Noam, let's keep talking about the subject we discussed with Dave and how the art of people has impacted our personal and professional lives. 
The first topic we covered with him was the importance of self-awareness. Now, how have you worked on your self-awareness and what have you done to learn about yourself and how has it impacted how you relate to and influence others? I have to take you back to the very beginning, actually, <laughs> because my mom said that I was the easiest baby to have. I didn't cry. I ate well. I was smiling all the time. I slept full nights pretty much from the beginning. Then I started talking. And from that moment, they had to bring me, my mom had to start bringing me to child psychologist. And through my entire life, as far as I can remember, I've seen therapists, learning specialists, um, and all sorts of people to help with self-awareness and how to relate with others, etc. So that's always been there in a way. And where I was actually very fortunate is that my mom quickly had a flash of genius uh, when I was a baby, which is that she, she discovered that if she wanted me to behave differently, she had to change. And so she started going on a personal development journey. And so through seeing her as a kid, I was already um, reading books on NLP, transaction analysis. And then later on, I went to do a lot of work uh, on voice dialogue, silent meditation, traveling, and working with coaches, mentors, facilitators, and reading books all the time. So for me, it's become actually uh, what I do with a lot of my days. And I see uh, the art of self-awareness a little bit like uh, bodybuilding, but for the mind. So probably the most important thing I do today is that I block significant chunks of time in my day to practice self-awareness. Mm. Um, so it, it's changed in my life from being something I needed because... I wanted to get things from people to being something that I do because I think it's fun and exciting. Yeah. So how do you think this self-awareness has helped you in your career? Well, everything I do today is actually that. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Self-awareness has become my job in, in, in many ways. Yeah. And, that, that, and That's really it. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I see it everywhere in the relations with my parents, with uh, girlfriends, with um, clients, with my employees, with friends, with myself, uh, everywhere. Even with my dog, I see uh, an impact in the way um, I listen to him. Interesting. <laughs> and so you say that it's part of something you do every day for yourself and likely with your clients also. And you work with many entrepreneurs as clients in your business coaching. So how do you help them achieve better levels of self-awareness and when they make progress, how do you see their business change? How do I help them make progress? Yeah. One of my clients, okay, that's an interesting one because there's two answers. The, the, I think the most significant one is that is, is this, there's one story. is the one client who runs a financial technology company, serves about 10 million people and when we started working together, the focus was raising money and making more money, growing the business. When I told him that I'd only work with him if he started meditating once a day, he thought I was crazy. It seemed ridiculous that sitting in silence for 20 minutes would be a requirement uh, to help grow his business. But through our conversation, he saw results uh, that made him accept this burden. And so that's the key thing I do with my clients is baby steps that show very practical and tangible results. So he saw differences in the way his employees replied to him. He saw a situation in which he was in conflicts and it actually turned out to be better than if there was no conflict. He saw the way that um, he approached, he started listening to his calls with clients and completely changed the approach and completely changed the way he reaches out to clients. So he feels different. And uh, for me, the most dramatic was when last month he told me that he wanted to talk more about synchronicities and, and the esoteric. Uh, so the way I look at it is that self-awareness, for the sake of self-awareness, is not very exciting for most people. And that when self-awareness is linked to practical business results, then it becomes interesting. Mm, yes. That's yeah, I could say that for myself, I've considered kind of a hobby, trying to figure out just what's going on with my personality. And I've used several different modalities 
to, to understand what's going on. Um, one of them being astrology. I've featured astrologers on the show and I have learned from them about my fire sign. I'm a Sagittarius and they've even referred to me as having a double fire sign because of where some moon is in some house or whatever. So lots of fire going on there. <laughs> and if you look at traditional Chinese medicine, there's yin, there's yang. Okay. I'm yang all the way, not yin, the softer emotional type. Um, Ayurveda, that's another one. There are doshas in Ayurveda, uh, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Okay, uh, this cowgirl is Pitta all the way, which you see some trends here in all these different ways of looking at personality. And it's that I like to be in charge. I like to get the job done effectively. I can be blunt and bossy. Um, with the best of intentions, but still blunt and bossy. And so what I've learned is that in order to deal with people who aren't like me, who you can just tell them very quickly what to do, and then they just want you to go away and leave them alone. Um, with a lot of people, it's also how you ask them or how you communicate them. It's very important. And so I have learned about myself, I have to soften my approach a lot, or I can just be very put offish to a lot of people. And so I actually found Dave's book, The Art of People, really enlightening because he talks about all these things that you can mm -hmm. do to really soften up your hard edges with other people to really relate to them. So I yeah. really liked it. And one question for you, which is that you come from a very strong sort of engineering background, and I know that um, you've made some major shifts. What was the trigger for you to make that shift and to make these moves and to look at things differently? Uh, in terms of career or just in terms of... <laughs> in terms of, of self-awareness. Oh, in terms of... Uh, I would say the people around me. Um, and I would say specifically my husband. <laughs> just like Dave was talking about his wife with the high EQ. Um, Jason is, he has a much more softer personality than me. And so uh, one comment that he would typically make to me, which would be spot on when I would ask him to do something is, I'm not one of your employees. <laughs> <laughs> please ask me in a nicer way, right? And so he uh, has been very patient with me in pointing out how I need to, to soften those hard edges with him specifically, but also pointing out that, you know, if you're like this with me, you're probably like this with other people too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So people I would close say to you. And so again, there was a reason. For, so there was a reason for the change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say he just made me very aware of it um, from these other modalities that I was learning about. I was sort of learning about myself, but then he made it very clear to me what the implications are of that with my relationships with other people. Uh, yeah. yeah. So now let's talk about the other thing we discussed with Dave, and that's active, authentic listening. So, Noam, I think that's probably very important to you as a coach. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to listen. So how do you see that really impacting beyond your coaching, your professional and personal relationships? Well, for, I have to start with the fact that I was the worst listener ever. I never <laughs> used to listen to anybody. Um, I just had so much to say. Uh, and the more I learned about the art of listening actively and authentically, the more I realized I had no idea how to listen before. And every time I learn more, I keep having that same feeling. So for me, I discovered that listening is not just listening to the person and nodding, which is the first thing I learned, uh, but it can really be turned into an art form. So my team was trying to understand the process I go through when I have a conversation with a client, and we broke it down in different layers of what I actually listen for. So the few things, and we broke it down to nine things. One is I listen to the words people use, to what they actually say. Then I also listen to the relations that they make between the ideas and the words. So there we look at, I, look for, I listen for metaphors and imagery that are hidden within what the person says. I listen for patterns in the way people create and construct the sentences because 
the way the sentences are constructed says a lot that's much deeper than the actual words. Then there's the listening to the tone and the inflections of the voice, because when we speed up or accelerate or speak a different way, it means different things. Then there's listening for micro and micro expressions. There's um, listening also to what people don't say. Um, and, and so I also, and then the final one is listening to what my body feels like and what's mm. happening in my head. And so Ooh. combining all of that for me is what today I do when I listen to a client. And obviously wow. I can't quite do that with everybody all the time because it's extremely tiring. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, but very interesting, uh, the different levels of listening that you are using to really understand where a person's coming from. That's really fascinating. So, okay, thank you for that, Noam. Thank you very much. And let's get ready now for our final break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And I spent the first couple of segments talking to Dave Kirpin, successful entrepreneur and New York Times bestselling author, about his recent book, The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything That You Want. And now, Noam and I are discussing how the art of people impacts our personal and professional lives and what the implications are of working on that art. So stay tuned and we'll be back soon with more great stuff. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit nongmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and in the first couple of segments of this show, I talked to Dave Kirpin, successful entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, and author of the recently released The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything That You Want. And now, Nova and I are talking about how the art of people impacts our lives and careers. And Noam, we have time to cover just a couple more topics. And in Dave's book, he refers to skill number three as reading people. And I think for you as a coach, listening and reading people must Mm -hmm. be super important. And Dave makes a point about bluffing. He says that bluffing is only for poker and erodes trust. Now, negotiating is part of running a business. And I know you do a lot of coaching on all aspects of business. So how would you differentiate good faith negotiating from bluffing? That's a very interesting question. And yes, uh, I agree that bluffing erodes trust. Yeah. Absolutely. 
what's interesting is that for me, the whole process of learning for myself, when is it that people are acting in good faith, or when is it that the people are speaking in good faith, uh, has taught me a lot actually about self-awareness. Uh, two things. One is that I had to discover that some people lie and, and don't act in good faith because they're not self-aware. Mm. And so these are, that, in my opinion, in many ways, the more dangerous people because they're the ones who don't even realize that they're not telling you the truth. And those are very hard to spot. What I've learned for myself, the self-awareness for me, was realizing that I would fall for uh, a lot of um, bad faith kind of negotiations because I was loving what people were saying. I was listening to what people were saying and I was trusting what people were saying. And then eventually one of my coaches uh, sent me the, uh, the audiobook Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And it was a revelation that I actually wasn't listening to what people were doing. I was listening to what people were saying, which is very different. And so now I changed the, the question from do they speak in good faith to do they act in good faith? Oh. So now before making any kind of commitment, any especially big commitments, I always start with small ones. And so I start with observing what people do rather than what people say. And that for me has been the, the practice that's been the most helpful. Hmm. So interesting. So in building a business relationship with someone, you'll sort of do things to get to know them a little bit to see how they mm -hmm. act in certain situations. And that will give you an indication as to whether you're ultimately going to have a bigger good faith negotiation with them or not. Exactly. And so I, and, and, and I very much believe in the idea that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And that kind of goes back to very basic, uh, Dave Kirpin talked about uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dave Carnegie, um, which is a great book. And there's stuff there that are very basic, which is eating with uh, potential clients and people you work with. Why do we do that? Because the way we eat and you, when you see someone eat, it tells you so much about who they are. The relation people have with food is very similar to the relation that we live with work, etc. And so it's very often yeah, in these very small things that may seem insignificant that actually I see a lot more about whether people act in good faith. Mm. Um, yeah. Interesting. I think that's really great advice. I think that's great advice. So to, to try to get to know someone from their actions and not just their words. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. which is a lot harder um, because it also requires you to think yes. about what the person said and to create clear agreements. There is actually one thing I would recommend to any listener is going on Google, Steve Chandler, uh, Expectations versus Agreements. He has a great little audio. It's about half hour, and it is the most... Uh, clear explanation I've seen on how to create agreements and creating agreements for me is the key to starting to see what people do. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, uh, you forwarded that to me when we started our working relationship. Actually, <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. And so you're, you're a perfect example that I do that with everybody and I've done that with my parents. I do that, uh, with my clients because it's about human relations. It's not about work. It's not about business. Uh, and when it comes to, to negotiation, just a little thing about the bluffing, my clients are always surprised that I approach negotiation with fearless honesty. And so I don't believe in hiding things. I believe a lot more in actually telling the truth. Uh, and like McCann said, it's the truth well told. Interesting. Okay, I like that. All right, well, we have just a couple of minutes left. So is there anything else you would like to share with how you apply the art of people to your life? How do I apply my life? It's How do you, how do you raise what you're doing to an art form or masterpiece? By doing it every day and everywhere. Because at first, it was something that I did because I wanted to get more clients or because mm -hmm. I wanted people to do things for me. I wanted people to do what I wanted them to do. 
And the moment I started shifting this from being a controlling thing to actually being interested in people everywhere, that's what changed my life the most. Oh. And I know that I've got uh, a client and actually more than one client who said, but one who keeps repeating, he said, oh, I wish I was as interested in people as you are. Hmm. And what I told him there is that as much as many of us who, who have gone through some sort of spiritual journey believe that the, the bad and the frustration we see in others, what annoys us in others is what annoys us in ourselves. And I think that's a great, very, very true thing. The other thing is the same. What you find interesting in other people is what you find interesting in yourself, but don't recognize. And so in many ways, when Dave talks about, you know, the first question or the most important question to ask someone else is, how can I help you? Yeah. In many ways, I believe that that's the best question you can ask also for yourself. Mm. Because when you ask someone else how you can help them and you really listen to them, that is the best way to practice the art of also listening to what you want and how you can help yourself. So by helping others, you end up helping yourself in the best and most successful way. Yes, yes, for sure. Okay. Well, thank you, Noam. And once again, we just scratched the surface of Dave Herpin's new book, The Art of People Here. We covered just a few of the skills. Dave explained them, and then Noam and I talked about them. But there's so much more in The Art of People that would be useful to you if you want to deepen your personal and professional relationships and get more of what you want out of life. And like I mentioned before, it's also just a very enjoyable read. It's just lots of fun. So check it out. It's available at major retailers like Amazon.com. And Noam, I think that just about does it for today's show. So thank you so much for hopping on and sharing your observations about interpersonal relationships. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure being on the show and uh, to be able to share some of the beautiful things that we're all learning. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place. And guess what? It's the first show of the month, and that means Gnome is going to be back. And we'll cover our Abundance Cubed group coaching program for wellness entrepreneurs. And the topic for that show will be website design. So lots of insights were gained from that coaching session that we'd like to share from you. So we hope you'll join us. And in the meantime, follow our Gen R Holistic Media page on Facebook for fun updates. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.